On December 10th, Father Trevor Burfitt, represented by Christopher Ferrara of the St. Thomas More Society, won a preliminary injunction prohibiting California Governor Newsom and others named in Father Burfitt's lawsuit from enforcing COVID-19-related restrictions against his chapels in Kern, San Bernardino, San Diego, and Los Angeles counties. This is the second victory for Society of St. Pius X priests in recent days, with the Supreme Court on December 15th granting similar relief in a New Jersey lawsuit challenging worship restrictions. The suit against the state was filed by Father Kevin Robinson on behalf of St. Anthony Padua Chapel in New Jersey. We had the opportunity this evening to sit down with Father Burfitt and discuss his court victory and what it means for the faithful of Our Lady of the Angels Chapel, the other chapels serviced by Father Burfitt and the Priory, and what he hoped this means for the rest of the Catholic churches throughout the state of California and indeed the country. Well, Father Burfitt, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, we appreciate your time. I know things have probably been a little bit busy, a little bit hectic, uh, but wanted to uh, take a moment to chat with you and just discuss the uh, recent ruling uh, that was handed down that uh, opened up uh, churches again for you. So, Father Burfitt, welcome and, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Andrew. It's very good to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with who you are, Father, uh, could you give a little bit of background um, where you are the, the pastor of and, and where your mission is currently? Certainly. I'm here in Arcadia, California, and we're in Southern California. I've been here about four years now, and I'm located in Arcadia, California at Our Lady of the Angels Church. Okay. Um, we run about, well, another five chapels out of here. Uh, one of them is also Carson City. We have the others are just here in Southern California. Well, we're speaking with you today because uh, recently you had a victory in, in court uh, where basically you, and, and you can correct me on my terminology, Father, but basically you um, you sued the governor to allow uh, Our Lady of the Angels and your church to be able to have mass and have these essential services of worship. Um, before we get into those details, Father, could we back up a little bit and go and start from the beginning? And that is, um, how has COVID affected you? I'm sure like most other places in California and, and a lot of other churches, you were uh, shut down early on, right? Yes, that's right. Already as of March 19th, uh, I was even preaching for the Feast of St. Joseph and found out that we had already put into place some very heavy restrictions on mass times or the spreading out or multiplying the masses so that we'd have enough um, social distancing. And then we heard about the great shutdown that the governor had imposed, uh, which was quite, may I say, not depressing, but making us very despondent yes. uh, when we heard that. It was very hard on us at first um, to hear that in the evening with the evening mass that we were celebrating for St. Joseph. So. Anyway, they started very early on. Even before that, though, we, as I say, we're trying to take some steps, some precautions, um, which would have worked fine. Um, and that's partly our argument, isn't it? That we didn't have to go into a full lockdown, that sufficient measures could have been done and were being done uh, that would have worked fine. And so for how long was, uh, was Our Lady of the Angels closed? We were closed to masses all the way until after Easter. So definitely into May, because what I started doing is after Easter, I started having masses outside, okay. uh, parking lot masses. And even then, that was a bit on the illegal side, according to the authorities. Um, I was running on 
the presumption that the governor and the attorney, Antonio Becerra of the state, that he, they had said that, well, outdoor masses would be allowed in cars because it's a type of technical Techno technology um, <laughs> um, viewing of mass or services. So I ran on that, even though Los Angeles County was totally against any gatherings at all. Okay. And were you seeing an influx of people coming into your, uh, to your chapels to, to mass, you know, outside when all this was happening? I've, I've heard, we've heard from other priests, other societies and bias attend priests around the country that, uh, for lack of a better term, we were the only game in town. Uh, everyone else was <laughs> shut down. Everyone else was closed. So did you see a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming in and, attending mass we we really did um, before we even had the outdoor masses i was doing outdoor communion services uh, about three or four on a sunday at different times during the morning and we were seeing people come so happy even in tears people were coming to receive holy communion um, that we'd never seen before wow. they were very happy knowing that somewhere somehow a priest was giving communion and even hearing confessions in all of our chapels, we eventually were able to hear confessions on the sly. Um, but nonetheless, just having that communion service and then the outdoor masses, we saw plenty of people coming from local parishes, other traditional parishes, or even just Latin mass parishes. So it seemed like things were going okay. I mean, definitely a, a pain uh, to do all this. It, it, there was a lot of restrictions right. on you. Um, but right. what was the point then where you decided we have to do something different? This is this is unsustainable. Just seeing how the people were suffering. When I would travel around Arcadia, the Southern California, running across souls who said, Oh, Father, we haven't been able to go to Mass in months. Are you having Mass? Can we come to your Mass? Um, things like that prompted me to, that we need to do something a little more serious to push back, especially as we'd been promised. Okay, this is how it worked, Andrew. We were out of the church outdoor masses in the church at 25%, then no, a ban on singing, and then out of the church again. And then I had to go back in the church because of smoke and fire. And I said, this is silly. Yeah, This is silly. So we knew we had to do something to take a stand that would help all Catholics and even all churches of the state. So this, this was a ruling that came down in your favor on December the 10th. And this was a judge. This was, I guess, in, in your county, in Kern County. Um, Yes. And they it's north of us. Okay. And they basically said that you are able to hold services that are equivalent with equivalent measures to everyone else in the in the community. Now, that seems like a pretty obvious thing to be able to to do. Um, so was this not allowed before? So if a, a hair salon, for instance, uh, was able to be open at a certain amount of capacity, you were not subject to those same restrictions? That's right. We were, um, so they, they obviously called us uh, non-essential. That was the big word as we all were hearing. Um, I was claiming even back in July that we were essential after the president and even the attorney general had said what we were. And they wrote the letter to governor Newsom saying they are essential, but we had a little movement there. That's when we went back inside okay. at 25%. Um, but it's true. Where other things, even other stores, other um, businesses were open, we were considered second or third class to that. And so, therefore, we weren't allowed to do what even they would do. And it was so frustrating to look around and see people gathering over here and gathering over there. And our faithful are saying, Father, we can't even go into the church. We can't use our own church. Right. It was just so one-sided, you know? Right. So, so to be clear, you were okay. I mean, okay. 
in, in quotation marks, you were, you were, you were saying these restrictions, fine, we will live under them if we have to, but we don't think that we should be treated differently from Best Buy exactly. or people getting on an airplane or something like that. Right. No, that's a good point. Um, we would try and we did try. We did a lot of innovation. We did a lot of adaptation to try to make it work for the faithful. It was a lot of work on the priests. It was a lot of work on all of us. Uh, I'm so happy to see my faithful stand up. They took roles and had purpose for themselves that they hadn't had before. It was really impressive. That's wonderful. Um, and we, we would have tried to survive. We would have survived even get, having the mass, even if we were somehow bending the rules. But ultimately, it came down to that, wasn't it? That how come there was a double standard that somehow churches were seen to be these COVID spreaders? Um, that somehow it was too singular. And that's where we could say, and the lawyers did say it, that it seemed to be too defined for teach, uh, for churches. It was too particular. It seemed to be discrimination and, and or persecution. You were represented by the Thomas More Society, uh, and that was um, uh, that was um, uh, lawyer Christopher Ferrara, and he was the one who, who uh, led the charge on this. What, is, what does the ruling practically mean for you now, Father? Does it mean uh, indefinitely you can continue to say Mass and have uh, and have mass and services and so forth, or is there a time limit or can the governor come back and say something else? What are we looking at? Right. So it's a preliminary injunction. So meaning it's temporary. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean temporary in the sense that there's, there's a date. There would have to be another trial set and that trial hasn't been set and it would be a trial by jury or something like it. Um, that hasn't been set. So what this means is that Temporary injunction continues, meaning we're protected from any harassment from officials trying to close us down or restrict us. And then just recently, I was told by the lawyers that in the county of Los Angeles, there is now no restriction on indoor gathering for us. Okay. That was a new, new ruling that just came out on Saturday. So first, the preliminary injunction, temporary, and would continue until the trial. And now even the restriction on occupancy has been dropped. I think they're following the, the wind that's blowing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rulings have come down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is a decision from Kern County, uh, and you just talked about Los Angeles County. Uh, is this a right. statewide, does this uh, decision have merit across the entire state, meaning for all of the SSPX chapels across the state, or is this just for Arcadia, or is this just for the chapels that you support? How, how wide is this ruling, Father? Yes, it, it is true. It's it's particular by name, the preliminary injunction for the chapels that I serve and all the faithful and priests connected with me. Okay. But obviously the principles that you read in the very, very ruling of the judge shows that they're principles that are good for all churches. Uh, and I would only hope that there would be pastors and churches standing up and saying, well, we want to do the same thing and just start opening their churches if they're going to be dragged into a lawsuit and or sued or cited with fines, they would win because now the precedence has been set and the grounds by which we want apply to everyone. Okay. And that was going to be my next question, Father. Uh, does this, have you received support from, uh, obviously you, you've received support from the uh, Society of St. Pius the Tenth community. Uh, have you received support mm -hmm. from any other Latin mass communities or diocesan Catholic communities who are saying, let us help you or, or will you help us or, you know, either way? It's not been that clear, but what I do hear through the grapevine, uh, especially like the Norbertines in Southern California here in uh, Orange County, 
that they have even started to open their churches. I heard of a priest, one of their priests opening his church, though a little bit nervous. He did open following on this ruling. And then others are doing the same. There hasn't been a lot of interaction like them saying, would you help us or us offering? But there's been in the background rumbling of them wanting to do the same. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, But there were a lot of these other communities. I mean, you were the only, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there were no other communities that were open. Um, Do you think, well, I guess I don't want to ask what, what other people's motives were. That's probably not, not too fair, but um, to your knowledge, you're, you're really the only one who's, who's fought this, at least in California. True. As one of the Catholic priests, right. And I've seen where other Catholic priests have been very encouraged uh, things that I read or saw in blogs, but not a lot of public support. Um, what I'm looking for is for the diocese of all these counties, the different dioceses of Fresno, Los Angeles County, San Diego, Orange County, and even San Bernardino. I would like to see them stand up and take um, a real issue with this because they have strength. They have power. There's a lot of Catholics in this area. And these bishops, if only they would stand up, I don't think we'd be even, maybe even needing a a preliminary injunction. That's fair. Um, because the, the governor of the state really feels the pressure when you push back and he's not one to, you know, take it to the, the last extreme, you know? Sure. Sure. And, and if I remember right, uh, Archbishop Corte Leon, he of San Francisco, he, he wrote a statement that was fairly strong denouncing the lockdowns. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't done anything as far as uh, a lawsuit or anything like right. that. We wanted him to join us in this lawsuit um, and he had uh, hesitation, uh, okay. um, a certain um, hesitation with acting against the other bishops. But nonetheless, he has come strong in other ways, and it would be good to see him continue to do so. Right. Well, there's there's some hope there, at least. Um, uh, what is next, Father? I, I guess you're waiting on the next court date. And in the meantime, you're just going to continue uh, providing providing the Mass and the sacraments like you want to do. We will. <laughs> Exactly. And I think the biggest thing now is just to see that there's no restrictions on how we worship. So this whole question of no singing. So therefore, what happens to caroling? What happens to chanting the mass? Now, chanting is allowed at the moment. Okay. But the whole question of the congregation singing or being jubilant at Christmas has got a little bit of a damper on it. And that shouldn't be the case. So that's kind of where we're at now. The whole question of wearing masks in church or otherwise, we we do follow some restrictions at trying to keep up um um, you know, some sort of conformity, but I'm not policing it. And, um, and so we continue with what we're supposed to do, sacraments, the confession, communion, and the mass. And um, that has been going on and we will continue to fight to do so. Uh, that's the great, the great spirit that we've inherited the societies in Pius X from, from the Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre and um, our superiors is that we have always fought to do what's right for the souls, and we will continue to do so. Um, some of these extremes make it difficult, but, you know, by God's grace and Our Lady's help, it's um, it's been all possible. So, yeah. Well, that is, that's inspiring, Father. Thank you for, for what you're doing, and, and God bless you for, for all your work. I know it hasn't been easy. You probably haven't gotten a lot of sleep in the last few months. Um, but um, hopefully this gives, like, like we talked about, this gives other parishes, other priests, bishops, a little bit of a push that this is possible. This is doable. You were the, you were the one to, to kind of uh, go through first, but uh, hopefully they can, they can join. Because that's why I did it. I, I was asked if we wanted to pursue this route and really take it to this extreme. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, do I really want to do this? 
I'm already fighting on my level, but it needed to be done for other Catholics. It needed to be done for other priests. Um, I want to show them that it is possible. Um, by the grace of God, I was able to do it with the help of these great lawyers. They put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this case and other cases, as we know, out in the East Coast. Yes. And just a common combined effort of prayers and good works, good efforts, zeal for the faith. It's made it possible, and I hope that it really helps other souls. Right. I, we need to. If we don't do something now, it's only going to get worse. That the church is going to lose her rights. You know. Yeah. And and you brought up a, a point there, Father. I kind of wanted to t- touch on a little bit more. This is this is really part of the mission of the Society of St. Pius X. It's not, this isn't necessarily just a victory for the Society of St. Pius X, although it is. This is a victory right. for the traditional Latin Mass, which is the whole point of the Society of St. Pius X. It's to preserve the traditional Catholic priesthood and the Mass, yeah. and uh, and hopefully this helps with, with that more broadly even. Yes, and our Superior General certainly has emphasized that with the Rosary Crusade that we're engaged in right now until Holy Thursday, the the attendance of the Mass, the, the ability to have the Mass and to attend it. That's our mission, and we will continue to fight and pray for it. Very good. Well, Father Burfitt, thank you again. Um, we'll be praying for you, and thank you again for all you're doing. And uh, if there's anything uh, that people can do to help, just let us know, or anything here at the district we can do to help. We're we, we are, we're all on board to help you. I appreciate your zeal, uh, Andrew, and hopefully everyone else will appreciate my gratitude Um I just am so grateful for all the faithful and their support and how this seems to invigorate them, especially as we approach Christmas. It gives them great hope. Fantastic. Well, God bless you, Father. Until next time, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. If you would like to support the ongoing efforts of Father Burfitt and Father Robinson as well, please continue to pray, write letters to local representatives, and support them if possible with your donations. Links to both chapels are in the show notes both on the podcast and in the YouTube description. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.